going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, and this is Flix Fix. Haven't done this in a whole long time, and I could do this podcast in about 10 seconds. I could come up here, I could do my spiel. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, and this is Flix Fix, and guess what? They're doing another Ghostbusters movie. Bye! But I'm not going to, because honestly, uh, the week I'm having, I need to talk about something cool. I need to talk about something fun. I need to get excited about something, and the Ghostbusters... I'm going to call it 4 trailer, because <laughs> I'm an asshole, it's fine. Uh, Ghostbusters 4, which is going to be called Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer dropped. I'm assuming it dropped this week. It wasn't even on my spectrum before the last couple of days, so if it's been out for a while and I just haven't noticed, sorry about that. But Ghostbusters is another one of those really weird ones, isn't it? It falls into the trap of, oh, it was good way back then, why are they trying to re bring it back now? And... I'll, I'll uh, rip off the controversial band-aid right now. They shouldn't have the first time when they made the the woke ladybusters bullshit movie. And I can only say this because I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. They don't even consider that movie canon anymore. If you look at Wikipedia, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Ghostbusters now Frozen Empire. And the Ghostbusters rebrand, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, whatever they want to call it, is... It's sort of slated as reboot continuity, but it didn't really succeed as a reboot if we're continuing with the original continuity. Now, I will say, with the uh, with the trend recently of things coming back after years and years and years, uh, Independence Day was awesome. People will argue with me. That's fine. Argue with a wall. Top Gun Maverick came back after, I think, 20-something years, and Top Gun Maverick yeah, it hit me in the nostalgia gland, as uh, as uh, YouTuber Sam Simon Miller would say. But Top Gun Maverick kicked ass um, after Ghostbusters did the did the Wokebusters. I was like, please just just leave it alone. Don't do anything. You know, one of them has passed away. It's not the whole group anymore. We don't need to do this. And then. When uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife was advertised, I saw it, and you, you got the one kid in there from Stranger Things, and I had just gotten into Stranger Things at the time, and I'm like, okay, that's a point for it. They're going to be paying paying homage to Harold Ramis, who can't obviously be in the movie, uh, so that's kind of cool. They're going to do a familial thing there, and then they threw in Paul Rudd. They threw in Ant-Man, who I'm not a huge fan of. If you've seen... Any other content that I've done on here about Marvel, I would say, along with the first two Thor movies before Taika Waititi fixed Thor, uh, the Ant-Man movies are probably the weakest movies in the MCU. And yes, I'm including the most recent one. It was visually stunning, awesome, fantastic, visually. I could not have cared less. And Paul Rudd, as, as an actor, not to say that he's bad, but to say that he's very, very far afield from being my cup of tea. And that's the nicest way I can say it. So when they threw him in the reboot, and it's like, oh, he's just going to be goofy, dorky teacher guy. And I'm like, oh, they're going to do goofy. And Ghostbusters is goofy, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of funny characters, funny actors. I mean, you've got your Bill Murrays, your Ernie Hudsons, your Dan Aykroyds, etc. in there. And it is a comedy. It is a horror comedy. It is a family horror comedy. But he's... Paul Rudd's just gonna come and Paul Rudd 
all over it. <laughs> is the best way. And I was pleasantly surprised. I really did like Afterlife. I think it was fantastic. I think it was a great way to wipe Answer the Call right off the map. And uh, it was good. You established a new, younger cast. Uh, very, very similar to the conversations that you've heard me have on this channel about Scream. And how Scream... Five and six and moving on into seven now are establishing the new generation of Scream kids, you know, Jenny Ortega and, and all of those uh, actors that are sort of taking over from the Nev Campbell generation. And I think you set out a couple really good kids here. You got, as I say, once again, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Finn Wolfhard, I think is his name. I might have butchered that. I'm sorry. But he's already coming over from Stranger Things. You've already he's already got he's got clout in the area of playing a kid in a creepy situation. That carried it a lot. Bill, or, um, the, uh, the old actors in the movie that came from the originals did their part. They didn't overshadow anybody. They did the whole, oh, you know, my time has passed. I'm not doing that anymore. And then the old gunslinger comes into town for one more rodeo. Uh, how many cliches can I pack into one podcast? Um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a wank fest for the guys of the past. It was an establishing thing for the current guys. And the biggest thing I can say about it is Paul Rudd, as as I perceive him, didn't Paul Rudd all over it, which is absolutely fantastic. The fact that it was the exact same villain and her like little pet alien dog things from the first movie, I thought was a wicked way to sum it all up, to have it be almost a revenge movie from that point of view to tie everything all together was was cool it felt legitimate and the way yes they did use the image of a passed on actor which i know is a very very sensitive tentative subject for a lot of people i think they did it in a really classy way i'm just i'm going to put myself out there i'm going to put myself on that side of the line i think they did it in a really classy way i thought it was really good now we get the Frozen Empire, because what else happened? You got a little tease of Annie Potts, you got a little tease of the Ghostbusters building, and oh yeah, oh yeah, we're setting something up, we're going next generation with this. Now, uh, I've made the I've made the comparison to Scream already, I'll make the comparison to Jurassic Park now. Because you got Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and then you had Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and Jurassic World Dominion is the f sixth one. Six movies, but really three and three. If you want to make this into four movies, but really two and two, sort of uh, Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit is another great example. I think that's absolutely cool. If the last movie was the handoff, or the establishing, or the introduction of the newer generation of characters, then you want to do this one as sort of those new characters taking the reins and letting the previous generation know, like, hey, we've got this, in a respectful way, obviously. So, what do we have here? Frozen Empire, what could it possibly mean, Frozen Empire? Looking at the trailer, and if I remember, I'll put the actual trailer down in the box below, because I think I've clipped the trailer from Entertainment Tonight. So, you know, give credit where it's due, because that's where I've got the link from. Uh, trailer basically starts out, it's hot, it's New York. There's voiceover from the radio, because that's how we establish things. It's a hot, steamy day in New York, and everybody's at the beach, because if you want to convince the audience that it's hot and it's summertime, you have to show people at the beach. Movie making 101. If it's summer, people are at the beach. Doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday at 12 o'clock, everybody should be at work at school. In movie land, everybody's at the beach, because it's summer, because that's how we tell you it's the summer. Equally, when there's a weather event, 
I sound like a dickhead explaining this because, but because I'm sort of dissecting movie tropes here. If you want to show a sharp, sh uh, sharp contrast or a sharp uh, transformation of the weather, you show people at the beach. All of a sudden, not in beach weather. Whoa! It's fine. So what you have is you have a bunch of people at the beach, big dark cloud shows up in the distance, and eventually it freezes over everything. Everything gets cold. Everything gets frozen. If you notice the way the movie is edited, the color is sucked right out of the screen. It looks very sepia. It looks very blue-white. Um, winter feeling. Big icy spikes are coming out of the ground. Who? What's causing all this? Um... And then you get the voiceover because the ice, the frozen, like, frost moving like it's a living thing, brings itself all the way to the doors of the hallowed Ghostbusters hall. Then you get the voiceover from Bill Murray explaining exactly what it is. He says, this is the death chill, which, I mean, they could have been a bit more creative with that, but whatever. It kills by fear itself. Your veins become rivers of ice, your bones crack, and the last thing you see is your own tear ducts freezing. That, for a family movie, is kind of fucked up, I'm not gonna lie. But he's just rhyming it off like he's reading it out of the encyclopedia, because for whatever encyclopedias he has on his shelf, he probably is. Um... But he goes into the fear thing, he goes into, like, this is what's going to happen to you if you let the fear overcome you. Like there, I'm sure there's a big moral metaphor in there somewhere. People are saying with the with the freezing over of the world that this, oh, this is going to make a big environmental statement. It's like, no, it's not. It's a fucking Ghostbusters movie. Fuck off and be woke somewhere else. But the, you know, your blood freezes, your bones crack, that's... Typical, like, let's describe cold situations in a movie type of language. The last line of that that I really liked is the last thing you will see is your own tear ducts freezing, which is basically you see through your eyes, obviously, and the last thing you see is your eyes themselves freezing. That, in a different movie, is fucking terrifying. I mean, it's being delivered by Bill Murray. Bill Murray. The last the last thing I saw Bill Murray in was Zombie Land, where he got shot for pretending to be a zombie and basically said, "Yeah, I probably deserve that." Now, you got other people in this. Uh, Paul Rudd's character obviously is still like he's an adult, but he's not really an adult. The kids are more adult than he is, and that's kind of the gimmick. You got Patton Oswalt in there too, so you got Patton Oswalt and uh, Paul Rudd sort of geeking out over it. And I do think, although it's a comedy, and although they're supposed to be the comedic relief, I think there is an element of truth to that because there's a small part of your part of your brain. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the one that's fucked up. But if Another country launched an attack on my country, but they did it with fireworks. They blew up Canada with fireworks. There would be a small part of my brain that would be like, if I wasn't in this right now, it would look cool, which is bad, which is wrong, but that exists in all of our heads. And basically what happens is you see the kids suit up, you see a couple action shots of them actually fighting the monsters and what's to come and whatever, but they don't really show many ghosts and monsters, etc. They see this, you see this one sort of figure from the back and he's kind of touching the horns on his his or her head i should say we don't know 2023 and all um 
but you don't really see many ghosts, but you see them sort of firing up into action. They're whipping around in the Ecto-1, and they got the, the kids are all excited because they got the big bright red suits, and everybody's ghost busting all over the goddamn place. You got the young... I'll say this. I'll make this a cliche right now. You got the young busters working with the old busters. Let's make that a cliche. Hashtag old busters for the win. But it's this whole element of, yeah, we're all going to die, but a little bit of this is really cool. And I think that's the comedic value of something like Ghostbusters. And then the last thing you see is this big gigantic silhouette in the in the smoky, frosty, snowy distance. Big, tall, lanky looking motherfucker with the horns. And then we cut to black. I think it looks cool. I think this is a really interesting... They're bringing it back to New York. So there's a bit of nostalgia there. They're presenting you with a new threat because obviously the old threat was neutralized in the last movie and it's kind of cool to bring this 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 elemental aspect to it i like uh like harbinger situations i like you know i mean lion king is a really shitty example but like everything was all the plant life died and all the animals that we eat would have left and died off and whatever because Scar took over the Pride Lands from Mufasa and Simba. Like, he was literally a dark cloud over the Pride Lands in Lion King, if you want to use that as an example. When, uh, the best example is the when the, the White Walkers, when the Night King uh, and all of his White Walkers came to fight whoever they were fighting, everything around them was cold. Everything around them was dark. Everything around them was... Um, really, really bleak looking, and nobody could survive because it was cold, and when you're cold, you can't breathe, and when you can't breathe, and you're cold, and you can't feel anything, you can't fight. All those types of things. Um, something even simpler, if you if we look over into the Marvel territory, where we're talking about multiverses, and multiverses start bleeding into each other. If you talk about a gigantic villain with a harbinger like a, like a silver surfer, or in the case of Infinity War, uh, the way Thanos used the Hulk to be his harbinger, because they couldn't get silver surfer at the time. I really like this whole, like, I'm gonna come, and I'm gonna fight you, but also, me being here is going to change your whole world. Me being here is going to change what everything around you is. So when we fight, you're going to be fighting me in my world because I've turned your world into my world. I really like that. I, I, I say it's the elemental aspect because I can't think of a better way to describe it other than a, than, than the, the Harbinger example. The, the Herald. What was it? Uh, Silver Server was the Herald of Galactus. Well, this icy, snowy, like, everything's a desolate, icy wasteland is the Herald of whatever this, this Death Chill character is. I like that aspect, and I like the idea of fighting fear itself, because it's one step away from the Freddy Krueger thing of uh, trying to fight somebody while you're asleep. You can't fight somebody when you're asleep by virtue of the fact that you're asleep. But even if you're awake, you can fight somebody, and you can fight somebody damn hard because you're afraid of them and because you know what they're going to do to you. But if that very fear inside you is what's going to defeat you, again, there's a, there's a motivational, moral bumper sticker in there somewhere, but it works as an element. Like, your own fear is going to freeze you from the inside out. Is there anything more terrifying than that? I mean... Clearly, somebody walking into your house and taking a butcher's knife to your throat, probably worse. But as far as things you can't control yourself, as far as things you internalize, and as far as things you, um, depending on how you want to play the character, like, if I'm defeated by my own fear, then I'm a failure. Like, you want to 
bring a bunch of moral aspects into that as well. I, there's a lot you can play with here. There's a lot from from the from the elemental aspect to it to uh, anytime anything involves freezing. There's a really cool scary aspect to it. Think about the um, the cold related traps in Saw even, and Saw is a more human threat depending on how you want to use that term, but cold is a scary thing. Cold will suck the life right out of you. Cold will suck the feeling right out of you. If you can't feel, if you can't see, as they say, like I said, the quote from the from the trailer is the last thing you're going to see is your own tear ducts freezing. That's fucking terrifying. Because then, even if you warm up your tear ducts, or even if you warm up your eyeballs, they're going to go mush and fall out of your head. Now you're blind, and you can't feel, and you're cold. Everybody's miserable. Nobody's having a good day. There's a lot, there's a lot to play with here. I really, really like it. I do like that it is the fourth movie because the shit one is completely out of the canon now, which I absolutely love because I'm a terrible person, maybe. I really don't know. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't think we're going to get as many comedic elements this time around. In the last movie, we got uh, uh, we, we got Slimer because you're always going to have Slimer. Uh, you got the little mini Marshmallow Men. I don't think you're going to get something that cute this time around because now we actually know what we're dealing with. I do think this movie needs to be... I said it before, I'll say it again. The, the last movie introduced the new generation. This, this movie needs to be the old busters and the, and the young busters working together, but it has to cap off with, okay, we've taken the reins now. If it doesn't do... This is me just seeing one trailer. I could be wrong. But if it doesn't have that, if it doesn't have that completion of the passing of the torch, I think they've missed a trick a little bit. But that's, again, me saying this after one one trailer. As I say, uh, director is Gail Keenan. I don't really know much about her. Uh, she was the screen one of the screenwriters on the last one, along with Jason Reitman. So if it's going to be a good like honest follow-up from the last one that's that's a good thing that's in the right direction the producers are Jason Reitman and Jason Blumenfeld I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly that's fine but look at the cast I mean they're just people that are awesome and people that are Ghostbusters related but I mean Annie Potts is in it Paul Rudd is in it Bill Murray's in it Finn Wolfhard is in it Ernie Hudson is in it Dan Aykroyd is in it Pat Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, I could take or leave. I'm not. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, but I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be the goofy new guy in the group. I'm guessing. Uh, Camille Nanjiani is in it, and he's funny. A um, bunch of other names that I am less familiar with. I'll be completely honest with you, but this is turning into another one of those franchise things where it works if you're into it. I recently saw Saw Ten. I think Saw Ten is up there maybe top two or three of the entire Saw franchise. People asked me what I thought of Saw. I thought about doing a review of it. I didn't really have much to say other than if you like this franchise, you will love this movie. And I think this is very much the same way. It's getting into that Marvel, Fast and the Furious, DC territory of... It's a Ghostbusters movie. If you like Ghostbusters movies, you're going to go see the Ghostbusters movie. I I don't see anything from this, and this is kind of a backwards way to look at it anyways, uh, I don't see anything from this that's going to make somebody that's never seen a Ghostbusters movie before 
go and see it. I don't see anything in this that's going to make somebody that's never seen a Ghostbusters movie before go back and check the other ones from, like, what, the 80s? Um, I mean, I grew up on them, and I'm probably older than most of you think I am. Um, but it's going to be a good thing. Like I say, if we're calling this the Phase 2, like, if Ghostbusters 1 and 2 was Phase 1, using Marvel terms, of course, because it's me, if Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are Phase 1, and Ghostbusters Afterlife and Ghostbusters Frozen Empire are Phase 2, and we kind of got a brief glimpse of what Phase 2 looks like with the last movie, I think this is going to be really good. They've got a, a lot more darker elements in this time, which is really going to hit me where I stride, which is awesome. I'll probably see this. I will probably come up and review this when it comes out, when I see it. I didn't write down when this is coming out, because I'm a strange person. Aye, 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 aye. And it's not listed here on the page that I'm looking at, because I didn't look it up. Uh, but yeah, whenever this comes out, because it's another one, it's like Scream. I go back to Scream. When Scream 6 was announced and I came up to you guys super excited talking about the trailer and then talking about it afterwards because I think that movie is genuinely brilliant. Uh, I think that series is genuinely brilliant. Um, pretty safe bet that I'll come up and review this one as well. The other one that I've never... and I want you guys to let me know in the box below. Um, the one that I never came up here and talked about was Halloween Ends. Because um, I, I walked out of Halloween Ends and I know there's there's a lot of flaws with it, but I, I, I walked out of that movie genuinely sad. Like, I walked out of that movie genuinely, like, from the perspective of Michael Myers is a character, a fictional character, that has existed longer than I've been alive. And that kind of hit me when I was coming out of the movie. And that, that real, not necessarily the movie, but that realization hit me. In a, in, a, in a certain kind of way, and I, it wrapped up the Halloween movie, or the Halloween series pretty damn well as well. Uh, I never really came up to talk to you guys about that. If you guys want me to do a proper, like, quick thoughts on Halloween ends, it would be well overdue now, but that's absolutely fine. I think this is the same kind of thing here. Like, I grew up on Ghostbusters. Same as, like, I grew up in a house where we loved the movie Top Gun. So when Maverick came out, it's like, it's not even a question of are we going to see it, it's, it's this. Independence Day was awesome as a kid when you saw the first one. As an adult, when you got went, got to go back to being a kid with the uh, with the, with the uh, projected, I guess you could say, sequel. This is the same thing. This is new enough that it's good and old enough, and paying respect to the old stuff enough that the people that watch the originals are going to love it as well. I predict. I think this one is going to be better than Afterlife because I think with Afterlife they sort of found their footing. They found where they are. And uh, they'll go forward with it now. I don't really know what else to say. Uh, as I said, I could have come up here and simply said in five words or less, there's a new Ghostbusters movie. Bye! But I didn't. I wanted to share my excitement with you guys. I wanted to share a couple of thoughts on the trailer with you guys. And uh, get thinking about what... Uh, what catches your eye in a trailer? What catches your eye in a movie as a whole? Uh, I told you some of the themes that I like, or some of the themes that I think we're going to see in this movie. Tell me that. Tell me that kind of like brain picking stuff that you guys do when you're watching a trailer or when you're watching a movie. Quite frankly, um, I know that because I do these now, and because I watch things like Pitch Meeting, and I watch things like Emergency Awesome, and I watch things like Cinema Sins and all that, there is a part of me while I'm watching a movie that is thinking, what am I going to say about this movie if I choose to say something about 
this movie. For, for guys and girls and everybody else out there that don't do the kinds of stuff that I do, does your brain do that at all? Like, are you picturing the conversations that you're going to have about a movie with other people as you're watching the movie? Do you guys have that kind of internal conversation? I think that's a really interesting conversation to have as moviegoers in general. I've gone well left to the point now. I hope you guys are still listening. I appreciate you guys for listening. Are you going to check out Ghostbusters Frozen Empire? Tell me down in the box below or hit me up on X at Spaz Phoenix. But until then, I've been Spaz. This has been Flix Fix. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to you soon. Everyone else, one of you later. But for right now, I am out of here. Bye, guys.